Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst, and with me is Vinny Tadero. And um, on this episode, we're going to continue where we kind of left off last week, diving into some positions of need um, in this upcoming draft. Um, today, we'll talk about defensive tackle, defensive end, um, also some Cowboys-related draft rumors flying around. Uh, but as always, we'll start with a trivia question. This week, it is me asking the question. And um, the player of uh, this week is a defensive tackle who went to my alma mater. And uh, he was drafted in the so University of Texas. He was drafted uh, my he was drafted the year I went to UT in the fourth round, not by the Cowboys. First. But he played. But he, how did he make his way onto the Cowboys? Um, he, he did. He did. He made his way. That'll be a, another clue. <clears throat> Just say, tell me, tell me that again about the year you what? Uh, he was drafted the year I went to college. My freshman okay. year of college was the year he was drafted. Okay. So that would he would have been in the draft that I went to. Yeah, fun fact. Um, yeah. He was in the draft that you went to. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that was a bunch of no names. Yeah, <laughs> he sure was. I don't know. All right. Um, let's see. So he was signed by the Cowboys, and he only played with with the Cowboys for one year. I know, but I can't. I can't remember anybody really from that draft. I mean, unless there were a couple people named Williams in the draft, I remember that. Well, he he wasn't again. He wasn't drafted by the Cowboys that year. Oh, by he the was, Cowboys. Yeah, okay. that was just the year he was drafted. Okay. Um, playing for the Cowboys as a defensive tackle. I don't know. Um, you want one more hint? Yeah. Um. Let's see. He was so I I said he was a defensive tackle. He's kind of a tweener, defensive end, defensive tackle, and in college he actually played running back for for UT. Don't no no uh, Henry Melton. Ah, uh, I remember the name. Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. played that one year, the Romo's last good year, um, and yeah, I, I was thinking of him because of, you know, we're talking about defensive tackles, and um, he he was one of these guys that was, you know, a decent pass rusher, but couldn't really play the run at all. He was very undersized, um, which there's some guys in this draft that little bit little bit like that um, but yeah before getting into the um, the, the 
defensive linemen of this draft. I wanted to touch on this one total rumor, total, you know, out of, you know, unsubstantiated, but reports that the Cowboys were in talks with trading. Well, okay, for, first, there was rumor that the Cowboys are infatuated, or Jerry Jones is infatuated with Kyle Pitts. Um, and then the follow-up was that they're in talks or, or have talked about trading to the fourth spot, presumably to draft Kyle Pitts. Um, and, and granted, it's you know unsubstantiated, but still got all the, the Cowboys uh, fans buzzing. And um, yeah, some people were, were kind of trying to defend it. Like, you know, this guy is, I, I saw one guy list like all of the, like the best players, you know, of all time. He's like, Deion Sanders, this guy's a Barry Sanders. He's a Shannon Sharp. And my thing is there's, there's no, there's blue chip prospects, which I do think Kyle Pitts, blue chip prospect, blue chip tight end, but there's no sure things in in the draft. It, it right. is ultimately a crapshoot, and really, the the blue chip prospect is like you're almost positive that this guy is going to at least be a good NFL player. That's real. That's really it. Like the the idea that you can project someone to be a for sure star, let alone you know or, or Hall of Famer is is ludicrous and the thing that you know not only are you trading up to get a a tight end which we don't really need but you're also giving up picks and and that's the thing with the i was talking to someone about this that that was the the worst thing about the maurice the maurice claiborne deal was that we gave up our our second round pick which we would have used to get bobby wagner yeah and you know that that was worse than the you know the the player himself like you know Morris Claiborne wasn't a terrible cornerback but the the pick that we gave up was was brutal and um you know this would to to move from 10 to 4 would for sure cost us a second round pick or a first round pick next year that that's the the kind well, it's of not going to happen so you don't need to worry about it i know yeah you're it's right not but <laughs> I mean, it's just being put out there by people who are looking for attention on the internet. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys might have put some of this out there themselves for whatever reason, uh, maybe to throw off other teams or yeah. whatever. Um, but uh, I, I think it's possible that Kyle Pitts could be there at 10 and the Cowboys right. trade back if somebody offers yeah. King's Ransom. And that's, uh, if somebody offered me, what do I mean by that? If somebody yeah. had offered me a one, two, and a three in this year's draft, you know, how that, far would you trade down um, for that? Then I would probably take that. Or, or actually, if somebody offered me two ones, I, actually, I might want two ones in this year's draft. If any, yeah. Um, I'm not how, sure. Um, anyone. One of them would have to still be in the top twenty. Yeah. I don't think there's I, I know the Dolphins they've got the 18th 
and the so the Dolphins would probably be the most intriguing because they've got the 18th and then they've got I think the 36th. So we could get a a not too far of a step back and then a very early second round pick. Um, and they've got others. You could you know tack yeah. on maybe another, but um, but yeah, that, that's I would I would want a lot. Right. Yeah, I, I agree, and especially if someone someone is there that we that we like, um, and that that's the other thing is the notion of trading to the fourth spot when there's almost certainly going to be a a guy that's not much, you know, even if Kyle Pitts is your guy, is he that much better than like Lamar Chase as a or Jamar Chase as a prospect or Panay Sewell or even like Rashawn Slater? And one of those guys is going to be there at ten, maybe Pitts. So trading up to get get a guy who's probably marginally better as a prospect than someone that'll be there at ten, and maybe him himself being there at ten is is another reason it's ridiculous. But you're right, not going to happen. Just wanted to rant a little bit there. Um, anyways, I, I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. I don't think he'll be there at ten. I don't think that they will draft him. If he if he you was know, there I, at ten, you don't think we draft him? I'm sorry. I just don't think he'll be there at ten. Yeah, I think you're probably right, but I I don't think and I don't think they'll really I don't out. think they'll they'll trade up for him. That's what I, I agree. Meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so and and I I almost forgot. There's one other uh kind of rumor from your your boy Mike Fisher. Um, that the Cowboys were were eyeing Marvin Wilson at 44, and um, that's that's an interesting one. That that's one that kind of makes sense. Um, so, but but yeah, so let's kind of jump into the defensive tackles. Um, I think we'd both agree that's outside a corner our biggest need, and and probably a bigger hole. Well. Uh, definitely one one a one b type of thing between defensive tackle and corner however you want to slice it but um so i think every pretty much everyone i've i've seen agrees that christian barmore is the best player at, at in this class um i don't think he i wouldn't i wouldn't hate him at number 10 there, there's guys i would, I would. like least there are guys I'd, I'd, that we've that have been projected to us that I would hate more, but he would definitely be a disappointing pick. And at that range, I think if we traded down, he, he'd be a good option. But no, he's he's a guy. He's kind of an ascending talent. the The one kind of concern with him is that um, he didn't really play much on rundowns. Like Alabama would rotate him out, and his it seems like his production wasn't terrible against the run. It, it maybe Alabama just had. I mean, obviously they they're the school when it comes to churning out defensive tackles. So maybe they've got someone else who is really good against the run. Maybe they wanted to keep him fresh. But that is concerning. You don't want a guy in the first round who can only do you know one thing. Even though pass rushing is, I'd say, more valuable. Run defense, especially for us, being how awful we were against the run um that's a little bit concerning but my my impression is he's not 
He's not bad at it. He's definitely better as a pass rusher than a run defender, but he's certainly not bad at it. Um, Zach, I, Zach, I don't think he was productive enough in college to take at number 10. He scares no, me. No, you're right. And, and uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to take any unnecessary risks at number 10. As I've said before, um, I, this isn't a real strong class for defensive tackles, which hurts the Dallas Cowboys. No, um, if they have uh, any sense, they will not rely so much upon this draft uh, to fill some of the remaining needs, like backup quarterback, like cornerback, like defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. They will go out and get some free agents and uh, there are still people out there to be had and you just you can't do it the holes are just too gaping yeah if you get patrick certain and it's certain i guess i've always pronounced her certain because that's the way it's written (laughs) but certain right okay number 10 all right you know but still go out and get get yourself a, a decent veteran backup yeah you know it doesn't have to be anybody it doesn't have to be a Richard Sherman, but get somebody who's got some who, who's got some legs under him. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true for backup quarterback, and the same thing is true for defensive tackle. I, they've they've thrown they've signed ten free agents because yeah. after we spoke, I think last week, we you asked me if I thought they would sign any more free agents before or after the draft, and mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And the next day they signed, I think, Brian Anger, the punter, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Sprinkle, who I think That's would be right. a good, good number three tight end for us as a blocker. And so instead of, you know, this whole idea of spend, instead of spending on 10 guys, they could have gotten fewer and put a little bit more money into some of these problem positions. Yeah. So I don't know what. I could see them getting certain, filling a need. They'd still need a, a veteran backup, but then I don't know what they're going to do with defensive tackle. They they need to create more cap room and go get themselves a real defensive tackle at three tech. Okay. And I don't know if this draft is going to provide anybody who's going to be a, an immediate upgrade for us at three tech or one tech or both at either. At either. Yeah. Well, I think, I do think Christian Barmore would be an upgrade. He's more of a three tech, um, but I think he would be an upgrade for sure against the pass as a pass rusher and probably against the run. And that's more because of how weak our tackles are than anything. But still, um, after that, though, it's a lot of question marks. And, And, you know, whoever you ask, wherever you get your info it's going to be different you know there's there's really you know barmore himself i wouldn't say is a sure thing but he's i'd say he's a pretty sure thing in terms of a productive pass rusher which is something um but after that there there's really no no consensus um i i still like alim mcneil i've been talking about him since the kind of beginning we started talking about the draft um I think his floor is is that of at least a, a productive run stuffing one tech, um, and and I think he like I said, like I've said he projects as 
potentially turning into this Vita Vea kind of guy who can both plug up the run and develop into a, into a pass rusher. And I think at the very least, he'll have some pass rush ability, um, more so than some of these other one techs. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I think his floor is relatively high and he can step right in and be our best run defender at, at, a, at the one tech position. Um, after him, then... Uh, I, I think I would say this guy, and I'm going to... A bunch of these guys... It would be our best run defender at the one technique? Yes. Who the heck is going to play the three technique? I'm not criticizing your idea, but that still leaves a gaping hole at number three. Yeah. I thought Gerald McCoy was going to be brought back, but maybe he's still banged up. and Maybe he hasn't recovered well enough. I, you know, I can't see what other hang-up there would be, but who yeah. knows with these guys. Yeah, I think. The... The Cowboys need a three technique. They definitely do. I don't want to, you know, and I don't want to reach for one. Your guy yeah. intrigues me, but not as a first round pick. I don't. Yeah. Know, we're not. I take him as a first round pick. And I, I just think that this that like I was watching Shannon Sharp. Not like I was watching Shannon Sharp the other night. Yeah. And he was saying the Cowboy when the Cowboys beat the Bills fifty nine to seventeen. Well, he was wrong. It was fifty two to seventeen. Yeah. And then Skip Bayless, them, made, uh, Skip Bayless made it worse by chiming in. Oh, it was a whole, it was a close, close game the entire second half. It was twenty-eight to ten at the end of the second half. So both those guys are having <laughs> senior moments, and I guess they don't, they don't want to pay anybody to do real research for them, or they trust themselves too much. But mm-hmm. nobody's perfect anyway, and we don't have anybody doing research for us, by the way, this is entirely our show. We don't have any handlers. We don't have anybody chipping in to do research or anything like that, or telling us how to drink or how to, how to dress or what to say or how to say it. And Shannon Sharp did make a good point. He said, look, the thing that won them that Super Bowl was the defense. He said their defensive line was Charles Haley, Tony Tolbert, who remember wound up when Haley left, wound up being a, a really good defensive end and going to the Pro Bowl. And Leon, the other starters were Tony Casillas and Russell Maryland. And then behind them were Leon Lett, Jimmy Jones, and Jim Jeffcoat. And you watch that game, they just decimated. Buffalo had a really good offensive line. They just got destroyed. Yeah. We saw what the Giants did to the Patriots in the Super Bowl when they, that one Super Bowl where they destroyed Brady Mm -hmm. with that pass rush when they had Strahan and all those guys. And, and, and our secondary was not particularly great that year. It definitely wasn't like heralded in terms of like big name players. You know, the whole like, defense. They called it the, the no-name defense because yeah. nobody was really heralded. But I'm saying the D-line I think probably played uh, you know, between the two, the D-line was probably the stronger unit. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if only because of our, you know, you know, we had Larry Brown, I think, on the field. Yeah, yeah. Like Kevin Smith was decent, but not a, not a star. Um, not yet. That was his rookie year, I think, '92. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, they still decimated Buffalo. That's that's the yep. direction that they really want to go in. So therefore, I mean, I'll just repeat myself. At number ten, there's four guys I would take without regret yeah. and that is in no particular order Kyle Pitts Chase believe it or not the OT 
and Sertan. Yeah. And Sertan obviously fills the biggest need. Right. So maybe I'll give him a little bit of a boost on my board. Yeah. But Same. if some if one of those studly players is aside from Sertan is on the board at number ten, I'm almost definitely I'm definitely entertaining trade offers. I mean, I you almost you know when you say you're going to entertain trade offers, you almost always enter tra- entertain trade offers because you don't know how good the trade's going to be. Last year, yeah. somebody said, "I'll give you three number ones for the number seventeen pick." Yeah. I would have done crazy that. Crazy not to, yeah, of course. So if somebody wants to give me two number ones and a number two this year for number ten, I, I, I'm taking that. Sure. Yeah. No, I I agree, and, and as uh, as you've said, first first year tight ends most usually usually don't reap big dividends at the right. beginning. Yeah, and this exactly. guy might be an exception, but you know, and we do have two capable tight ends already. It's not like we're hurting in the passing game. Right. Kyle Pitts would be very valuable to a team like New England, right? Well, which has nothing, not, which not, or at least before free agency, probably still has yeah. nothing. Well, they got. Tight end figured out the other receiver they still have an issue with, but yeah, no, um, I, I'm I'm with you on that, um, and I think, I mean, guys like there are other guys at at ten that I would be happy with as as values, but yeah, for filling a need, I think Sertan is is really the only the only guy. Maybe you could say Sewell. Um, some people say Rashawn Slater, who I, I think is a good player, but I think he projects as more of a guard. He played tackle in college, but he's he's kind of he's he's not that big. He's got kind of shorter arms. Um, I think he's he would be more like a Zach Martin um, in the NFL, probably you know an All Pro type of guard, but it's a less valuable position and it's not a huge need for us. So. You know that would be someone Jalen Waddle. Uh, I, I would yeah. be pretty happy with the ten, but yeah, no. As far as so so uh, to, to answer your original question about who plays three tech, I mean right now I think the the thought is <laughs> a combination of Gallimore and Tristan Hill, which um, I'm not high on Tristan Hill obviously, but the team still seems to believe in him, and then Carlos Watkins, I guess maybe fits in there somewhat but yeah i mean i think you could fill ideally you could you try to fill both spots with a draft pick um but i mean you kind of got to take what you can get with this draft in particular um like i said I, i like mcneil there's a guy um levi and i his last name starts with an o it's a lot of these guys, I'm I'm not going to be able to pronounce their last names, but I think he's from Washington. He seems like a a, a bit of a project projection as a three tech, um, but he, you know, I, I think he's he's shown enough in the college ranks that I would be comfortable with him um, as like maybe a second, ideally more of a third. Really, that's what I I kind of think the value, if if there is, if you want to call it that, for defensive tackles is probably the third to maybe fifth rounds in this draft. Um, 
like I said, I'd be happy with McNeil in the second, Barmore if we traded down in the first, I'd be open to that. But yeah, really, I think the best the best values to be had are going to be in the unless Barmore falls to forty four somehow, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, really, I think it's going to be the third and fourth round, and that's another reason. So, so going back to the point about. Um, what Marvin Wilson that's the first name so Marvin Wilson which we talked about a little bit last week I think he's a guy that we we talk about you know ascending talent versus descending talent he, he is the definition of a descending talent he was a guy that was projected to be going into this year a lot of people thought Marvin Wilson would be like a top 15 pick and I think you could argue that if he had sat out the year he's probably one of the guys that would have benefited the most if he had you know taken a COVID year Um, I think you could argue he might have been the first tackle drafted even over Christian Barmore but he did play and he played poorly and now he's kind of (laughs) just one of these other guys and it's it's wild the range that you hear on this guy i was um you know one guy that i i i like for the most part his analysis is jeff cavanaugh who's a he does a radio show in dallas and he has marvin wilson as his second defensive tackle after christian barmore um pff has him i think as their third guy uh, but then Dane Brugler, whose draft guide I've been following for probably five, four or five years now and, and who I, I respect, he has him as a fifth-round player. And, and he has him as like a huge a guy with a lot of bust potential. And I can understand why because, you know, anytime you have a guy that, I mean, he was like a five-star recruit. He came out and, and dominated, and I think in the way he dominated, it was so much based on just pure athleticism and, and strength and not so much technique. And then you go into his last year, this past season, and he just, you know, rather than progressing forward, he sharply declines, has by far his worst season. Um, that's that's definitely a red flag. and. You know, he. I could see him as as one of these guys that was able to produce highly in college because of just pure being better and and more talented than other people, and then that just not translating in the NFL. Um, so the notion of getting him at forty four, I'm I'm not too crazy about. Um, I think in the third round, I'd be comfortable with him, um, but yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not too high on him. It, it sounded like the the draft guides you talked you had um, been looking at were fairly high on him. Is that? Well, I'll tell you what they say about him. Yeah. Is that they, they they give you know what they do is they give pretty long reviews of most of these guys. Yeah. It, it said that he's got maddening inconsistency and a troubling lack of durability. And okay. in the the summary, at his best. Wilson is a rare difference maker on the inside whose massive frame and power overwhelms opponents. Uh, compare him to Fletcher Cox. Cox has developed in one of the NFL's best, but was raw entering the league out of Mississippi State. If Wilson puts it all together, he could emerge as a franchise cornerstone. 
So they sound like they like them a little bit better than you while acknowledging the facts that you know he wasn't consistent and he, he wasn't durable. And I haven't really thought about him enough. You know, I, I'm really just not – I'm just really not taken by many of these defensive – these defensive tackles in this draft, you know, yeah. but yeah. I, I, as we get closer to the draft, I will research it more. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I said from the beginning was that when I made my original mock draft for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I always start from a position of just putting the position. So I do yeah. the ideal, the ideal draft. I don't worry about players. I don't even look at them. I just say, okay, What's what are the needs in their order? So it's ideally, it, what, how would the draft fall for us? And I had us taking a defensive tackle with our first pick, yeah, and a cornerback <laughs> with our second pick, yeah, and then I had us taking a safety, I believe, with our third pick, and then I think it was middle linebacker with our our next pick. Yeah. And at that time, I was thinking we might be trading Dak Prescott and getting all these picks. So I was like, wow, you know, we could end up with all sorts of stuff. But don't don't overvalue the fact that they have 10 picks in this draft. That's a nice thing to have, but it doesn't mean that they're going to pull it off. Yeah. It doesn't mean that at all. And the fact is they don't have multiple picks in the same round until the third. Right. If they had multiple firsts, I would get I would be a little excited. But they don't. I don't know the when the last time they did. I guess it was when they took Felix Jones and Mike Jenkins. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that if if a Kyle Pitts is there at number ten, I would definitely consider taking him. I would be on the phone and I like I said, I would be looking for want Kyle Pitts, do you think that highly of him? Give me two number ones and a number two, or give me what, you know, something like Miami offered or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, but, but a lot, something that definitely favored me on the value chart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's interesting. The, the analysis from the, I can see, I guess, as like a very top-end comp at Fletcher Cox, but I think, and and I will say the the defense that Jeff Kavanaugh had for Marvin Wilson was that he was playing a new position this last year and he was hurt most of the year, so I don't want him. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely don't like. I said I don't. I definitely don't want him at forty-four. In the third round, maybe. I think after that, I mean, the thing with this defensive tackle class is there's a lot of guys. What you just said that he has, you know, he has flashes of brilliance. I feel like that describes so many of these guys, like uh, Davion uh, Nixon, uh, Bobby Brown. I think is is a a guy that makes a lot of sense he, he would be like a, a one tech um and yeah I, th- I think you know he's a guy that flashes some of the highest upside but is yeah just maddeningly inconsistent um the guy from ohio state tommy two something with a t um he he kind of came on as the season went on i, I kind of like him as a 
But again, all these guys I consider like fourth round type of picks, which which we do have multiple fourths. We got multiple thirds. So, um, I mean, to, to your thing about the, the draft order, I think now kind of knowing the strengths and the weaknesses of this draft, I would probably put it as corner in the first round, safety in the second round, defensive tackle with one of the third round picks, you know, maybe a linebacker with one of the third, one yeah. of the fourth round picks. If you really like a, a receiver or, or a, you know, offensive tackle, third or fourth round. Um, but, you know, and then maybe take a shot on a running back, a, you know, a quarterback, a developmental quarterback in the later rounds. But I'm doing that. What, what was that? I, I, I don't, I'm not big on that idea of taking a quarterback every year or looking for a backup quarterback in the draft. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, maybe I just don't know enough about these guys. The one thing I will say about the quarterbacks mm-hmm. is that I haven't looked at enough mock drafts to know exactly how many most people are slating to go in the top 10. Is it three? In the top 10 picks? Yeah. I, I think it'll be five. Five. Definitely okay. four. No question four. Okay. But probably five okay so it's five then we yeah. add Pitts, sewell chase and sertan that would be nine and then then we pick so if if we get really unlucky yeah one of those guys <laughs> will not fall to us yeah i don't know That's what the broncos are looking for i really don't i don't follow the broncos i know they weren't very good they I need know. a quarterback. Do they need a quarterback? Yes, desperately. I, I think they're they're. I mean, there's a couple teams that are trade up possibilities for the fifth quarterback, whoever it is that drops past. Because I think the the Falcons will probably trade their pick for someone that wants a quarterback, and then it'll just be whoever's left over. But yeah, I think the Broncos are are a, a prime trade up candidate. Along with the Patriots, maybe the Red, or the Washington football team, the Bears, um, but yeah, no, that's but that is a, a possibility that you know all the kind of blue chip guys are taken, and then we're we're kind of stuck with the leftovers. I I would probably I I might go J.C. Horn in that scenario. I I wouldn't. I think Sertan will be there. I think so it's such a quarterback and offensive driven line. Yes, I th- that, that's my impression too. I, I think that the teams that that could take him, the Broncos, still there's a chance. I think even though they signed some corners, but I think the Panthers are the one that make the most sense because they their big weakness was quarterback. They traded for Sam Darnold, so now. They need to fix a, a disaster of a defense, and and they're really weak at corner. So, I I think they're the the most likely to to take him, but um, but that's really the only real threat I see. But yeah, I mean, in that scenario, you got you still got the Alabama receivers, you got Rashawn Slater, and you got J.C. Horn. I think those those would be my my top options there. I I don't like. Mika Parsons as a prospect. I was kind of high on him initially, but I think his 
his big question mark, and it's it's a big deal, is coverage. Like he he hasn't been asked to cover that much, and and that's a that, a. Tr- who are you talking about? Mika Parsons from Penn State. Oh, okay. He's also an opt out. Um, you know, he tested well. He's, he's an athletic guy, but but everything about him is he's like a great difference-making blitzer. I, I almost feel about him the way I felt about Jamal Adams. <laughs> Even though they play a different position, I feel like they're, the traits are kind of similar. Like, they're they're downhill guys, aggressive, they, they make big hits, they fly around, but can they cover? <laughs> and it's not as... And I think with Mika Parsons, it's even less clear than it was with Jamal Adams, who, who showed at least some coverage ability. So... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about him. There's a bunch of defensive ends. That that's the other position I was gonna wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, but you know, the J.C. Horn, he doesn't seem like a bad prize if we trade down. I don't know if I'd take him at ten. Yeah, he, he's not my my top option, but I I would be okay with him at ten. I think it would be a little bit of a reach. Um, but but it's a you know the thing is I. I think if all things equal, I would consider Patrick Sertan like a, not a reach, but I would consider it like, okay, that's about where he should go, us taking him at 10. The reason I like, I really like it is it's a position of of extreme need and him as a prospect is like the exact type of guy I feel like we need, where he's such a high floor, he's so pro-ready that you're not going to worry about that that spot like you you know Patrick Sertan bringing him in makes makes me feel a lot a lot more comfortable about us not signing someone if we got JC Horn I'd feel like we got to bring someone else in in case this guy isn't ready because he's he's not as polished he's grabby um you know he does have the kind of that dog mentality that people like he's at you know he's athletic and I think in a press man system, he could be good. Um, but I, I just don't think we're going to do 100% press man in Dan Quinn's scheme. I mean, it seems like Dan Quinn is committed to Not with these customizing. Safeties. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't work for the other guys. I don't think Trayvon Diggs, I don't think that's his his best role. Um, yeah, I, I just think... Not all, if DJ Metcalf has anything to say about it. Right. Yeah, I think all signs point toward you know Patrick Sertan being a better option than J.C. Horn, um, but but you know I wouldn't hate J.C. Horn because it it is a you know position of need much also, more so than those other options. He's also got the bloodlines. Right, right. That is that that's a factor for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean some of the defensive ends. Um, I, I think the. The one defensive end that I wouldn't mind taking, not at ten, but at but in a trade down scenario, is the guy from Georgia. I think Aziz something. Um, but he he strikes me as a you know a little bit like a you know T J Watt or Aziz Ojulari, um, you know. He, he put up pretty good production. The problem with this whole defensive end class, it seems like none of these guys have really 
fully put it together. But this guy, I feel like, is the closest. He, he's, I feel like he's a little bit like Christian Barmore, but for defensive end. And, and like Christian Barmore, I'd consider him the best defensive end guy out there. He, he's got a fantastic, tested phenomenally, um, but he also had good production. So I, I kind of like him as a player. Again, not at 10, but, um, but really the, the guys that I've heard thrown around at 10 that I really hate the most are defensive ends. Quiddy Pay from uh, Michigan who I think he'll be an all right player, but he definitely does have some some similarities to Taco Charlton outside of just being from Michigan. He didn't have very good stats in college. Um, and then Greg Rousseau, I think I would hate the most. Um, that guy is all boomer bust, you know, potential for me. Um, either of those guys at 44, I, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, the, the Penn State guy who ran like a 438 at 250 pounds. Like that guy wouldn't want him at 10. I'd take him in, at 44. But um, yeah, definitely in, in general with defensive end and defensive tackle, the overall D line class is definitely one of the weaker classes in, in a couple years. Um, and you could probably say just the whole. <laughs> whole defense it's it's not a good class for for defensive players this year and maybe that's yeah i don't i don't have a good explanation as to why that is but um but yeah definitely you know there's some some players out there and and some defensive tackles that i that i like enough to take in in the middle rounds there's there's plenty of guys i would like and i think would be good values in like the third or fourth round but really only one guy in a Lim mcneil that i would like at 44 and yeah there, there's no one worth worth the 10th pick you're, you're and there is nobody with two first round draft picks behind us i think that not behind us no i don't think so could be wrong, but um, yeah, um, I think the you know looking at potential trade down options, I, I feel like the Patriots are, are a team that makes sense, especially if a quarterback falls, which I doubt one will be there. But you know if there is, they've got the fifteenth pick, they've got the forty sixth pick, um, so mid round second. You know, they've got a mid-round third, I think. So, you know, that kind of package, a, a second and a third, or maybe even a second and a fourth, I would, I'd probably do just to move down five spots. Um, I think. Yeah, that, to move down five spots, I would do it. Yeah. Depending, well, again, depends on who's at number, who's available. At number 10, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, I think if, in that scenario you, you describe where there's five quarterbacks and then basically the four guys that we, we want ideally trade down because then you may, you know, JC Horn at 15, that's pretty good yeah. value. Um, yeah. even Christian Barmore at 15, I'm, I'm more open to that. Um, maybe this guy, you know, the, um, Aziz, um, Ojulari from Georgia. But, um, yeah, I think, that that one makes a lot of sense. The Dolphins, like I said, they've got a, a high second. Um, 
they've also got the 50th. They've got, so the Dolphins have two firsts and two seconds. Um, so that, you know, that's another one. That, but that would be dropping to the 18th pick. So a little, little further back. But, um, yeah, I, I think the defensive tackle class, yeah, like I said, I think the third and fourth round are where you, you can get some good value. Um, this guy from UCLA, Osa, uh, last name starts with an O. Um, he he was a like a undefeated wrestler in, in high school, and, and he's kind of a guy, he's only 280 pounds, but he played a lot of one-tech. At the Senior Bowl, he was playing mainly one-tech. And he's so, I think, good with leverage that his, his weight is almost not a, as big of an issue. Still probably translates to a three-tech. But he, he's been pretty productive in college. I, I kind of like him. Um, Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech, he tested off the charts um, in his, at his pro day, which makes me think he, he might get overdrafted. I could see someone... Taking it, taking him in the second, but really his tape is. I think his tape got better, and and you know he kind of put it together toward the very end of his career. But I don't know if I would take him any higher than seventy five. But yeah, I th- you know there's there's definitely you know good value picks out there. But like I said, no one that you feel real good about trotting out as like your your day one starter unless it's Olin McNeil or or Christian Barmore for for me at least um so yeah it'll be um it'll be interesting I, I do like the fact that we are at least you know we're, we're going to these guys pro days we're definitely looking at the defensive tackles it's not like we're completely neglecting it which I was cli- kind of worried we might um but uh, might not be the, the best class for uh, to have a, a big need at defensive defensive tackle. Um, and they do if they need two if they need two more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think if I had to choose, I would say cornerback is a bigger need because we literally don't have. I mean, unless you think Anthony Brown can play outside corner. No, we. Yeah, which <laughs> I don't. Um, then, yeah, we literally don't have a starting cornerback right now, and and that's what what the you know my thing with Patrick Sertan is. But um, defensive Maurice tackle. Kennedy. Yeah, Maurice that's right. Kennedy. We do have Maurice Kennedy sitting in the in the wings to save the day. Forgot we were hiding him last year. We knew he was great. Yeah. Yeah, we knew the season wasn't going to go well, so we just, uh, yeah. just tucked him away. You know, he's going to come uh, come win the job. But, um, yeah, I think that'll, um, that'll about do it for this week. Um, next week we got, so we got, I think, two more episodes after this before the draft. Um, so we'll probably get into some more. More draft positions. Um, see if there's any other players kind of projected to the Cowboys between now and then. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks all for tuning in, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, we'll sign off.